This is episode 99 of the Warner Brothers Podcast. We're going to do an NBA preview today. Something similar. You know, it's the uh, last night of the playing games. We got tonight Clippers, Pelicans, and Hawks, Cavs. That's coming on an hour and a half here. Yes, I'm good. I am good. The NBA season is finally, I mean, it's been getting good like all throughout February, March, but now we're getting really to the playoff time. We're getting, it's, it's just going to be a fun time. I'm really excited. Yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite weekends of the year is the opening playoffs weekend for the NBA, you know, Mm -hmm. games all day, Saturday and Sunday. Nothing but basketball, and they're always usually you always have some something entertaining on weekend one. Someone always either goes off. You always obviously have good games. You know, you're always blessed with a good series. Yes, uh, and we got some pretty good matchups this year. Obviously, they finalized tonight with these playing games, but the matchups in this first round, we we're, we got a pretty good first round. I'd say that. Mm-hmm. We got a pretty uh, solid first round. I agree. I'm just going to say off top, I cannot, like, we've gotten, like, the Clippers, T-Wolves, that was a good game the other night, but I cannot stand, I've said this before, I cannot stand the playing game. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for the Cavs tonight and the Clippers tonight, and we'll talk about the Clippers here in a sec, or without Paul George, but I'm kind of rooting for the higher-seeded teams just because, as I've said prior, I'm just so against, like, if you earn it, you know, for 82 games, you earn the seventh and eighth seed why would you have to give it up you know what i mean especially like if you're the timberwolves one but in the timberwolves case as we said they're like what probably eight to ten games ahead of whatever yeah. the ninth you know or the warriors last year the warriors last year were the clear eight seed they had to play the lakers and then they lost in uh heartbreaker with lebron hitting the three over steph and then they played Memphis and they played a hungry Memphis team who they ended up losing to in overtime. Overtime because overtime, why did I say it like that? But they ended up losing in overtime. Draymond didn't want to hit the shot at the end of the game. And then, so a Warriors team that got really hot at the end that probably could have beaten the Jazz, if depending on how Steph played, they got kicked out basically because the playing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Again, they'll probably be good games tonight, especially you got the Clippers without Paul George. I'm not counting the Clippers out of that game, though. No, uh, no. Because they played without their stars most of the season. Um, and then the Hawks. Hawks cash should be a really good game. I think that's going to be a really good one-game series. It's crazy because I'm going to be hypocritical here. You know, if the Hawks win, I think the Hawks give... Miami a little better of a series than I the Cavs. You know, the Cavs are, Cavs are a little bit banged up, have been banged up all year. Cavs are a good team. They, they gave the Brooklyn Nets a good game the other night. Um, the Cavs haven't been wow. the same team without Jared Allen this year. So Jared Allen. Jared Allen comes back tonight. Rubio was a big loss for them early in the season. Obviously, yeah. they traded him was, for LeVert. But, uh, I was like, Rubio down, and then because I think they went like nine and sixteen without Jared Allen, something along those lines. Like they, they just weren't the same team without him. So the fact that he's coming back tonight's going to help them immensely, protecting the paint, all that. But I think I don't know. I think either way, whoever makes it out of the East playing game, I think Miami probably wins in five or six. Mm-hmm. Six if it's the Hawks, maybe. But I think it'll be. A, I don't think it'll be a 
uh, an uncompetitive series. It'll be an uh, interesting, fun series, but it won't be. I don't think it'll be one that pushes like Miami to the brink at any point. Not at all. Not at all. And I think the Hawks could definitely make things interesting, especially with their playoff. Yeah. Experience from last year. Yeah. But I still think you get Miami the edge. Like I said, they they might be able to get you to Trey and the gang, and maybe if they get John Collins here. They might be able to get you too. And then the Cavs, I think that would be a gentleman sweep, five game sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, Clippers are really interesting if they win tonight, right? Because, you know, the story still goes with them. By the way, Clipper curse to have to lose their current best player, because obviously Kawhi's been out the whole year, right? Yeah. Paul George on the day of the playing game is ruled out for, uh, you know, COVID protocols. I mean, I can't tell you how obvious this Clipper curse is, how, uh, how powerful this Clipper curse is, you know, uh, leave it to the Clippers. The one year they like really felt like they had something for there to be a world pandemic and for that, for their dreams to be crushed that way. Like only the Clippers could lose how they did to the nuggets and the bubble and everything that went into that plan out the way they did only, I mean, that happened to everybody. But of course, happened to the Clippers. You know, their first year with Kawhi and Paul George and a loaded team, right? And then, and then they obviously get to the conference finals last year, but Kawhi gets injured. So obviously, if Kawhi is healthy the entire series, we probably have a different out. We could have a different outlook. Yeah, Kawhi was playing like a top three player in the league before he went down. His yeah. stats are ridiculous. Yeah. He like, I think he was averaging like, I saw it the other day. It was like 33 points on 57% shooting. So everything was coming out of the ease for him. And he was like, he had two of the best playoff dunks last year, just in the two rounds he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, real interesting, you know, cause again, the Clippers, they, they got to this point without Paul George and Kawhi most of the year. So they could win tonight. Paul George, they'd have back some point in the first round. Kawhi, the question is whether he would come back. There was a report I just saw before we came on here. Not sure how legit it is. It was from a verified account, but I haven't seen anybody connected to the Clippers report this, saying that Kawhi is unlikely to come back and that the team and Kawhi's Kawhi's team and the LA Clippers are kind of at odds, which is exactly what happened with Kawhi in San Antonio. That's kind of what led to his exit in San Antonio. I don't know if that's true, but that is... Every report that's out there. Again, a don't long, a year long injury on questions about rehab and then getting taken. <sighs> too similar. Too similar <laughs> to what happened here in, and uh, to happen in San Antonio. And again, that's not a Clippers reporter. That's some that's some NBA reporter with a verified account, but who knows? You know what I mean? Because Kawhi's Kawhi's one of those you just never know what's true with him. But I'm really I I'm kind of, like I said, I'm rooting for the Clippers to get through. Pelicans and CJ. CJ's been balling out the whole time he's been there. Um, you know, he can get his he can get buckets on anybody. He can get buckets on absolutely anybody. Yeah. And the Pelicans, they've been one of the better teams, honestly, since the new year, I believe. Uh they've been playing really well. They've got Alvarado in there too, who gives them some good energy. They got Valley. <laughs> they got a good spot. He's so he's so fun. How he hides, yeah, he, like, he hides in the corner. Where he hides in the corner. He does it. He does it a lot too. It actually, so, I mean, and it, it legitimately wor- works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing either. I think the Suns make light work of both, depending on again what the Clippers team looks like. 
they could Clippers could maybe push the Suns to six. They got some pedigree, and I think it would be a with a healthy Paul a, with Paul George because Paul George wouldn't miss that whole series. They definitely could push him to six. I'm thinking, I'm thinking so. But this Suns team is bordering on all time great with how just how balanced they are, how much how well they execute down the stretch. Uh, well, we can kind of get to. I mean, we've kind of just done the first round. Really, we covered yes. the one eight matchups on both sides. So uh, I agree with exactly <laughs> what you said with Miami. I'm just going to quickly respond to like what you were saying. I think yeah. if Atlanta wins tonight, I have Miami in six. If Cleveland wins tonight, I have Miami in five. If the Clippers win tonight, I have Phoenix in six. And if the Pelicans win tonight, I have the Clippers. Uh, Clippers. I have the uh, Suns in a sweep. I'd agree with all that. I'd agree with all that. So essentially, it just depends on who's winning. Regardless, the Heat and the Suns are moving forward, and the furthest their series will go is six games, depending on their opponent. I think it will be the Clippers, and I think it will be the Hawks. So I think each series is going to go six. But if it doesn't, obviously five and four, respectively. I'm going to roll with the with the higher seeds tonight. I'm going to go both Clippers and the Cavs. More so rooting interest in the Cavs so we don't have a outside team in there. Because I really, yeah. like, it would be ideal if the NBA came back after this season and said, hey, you know, we're doing away with the playing game. That would be ideal to me. If they want to keep a, a mid-season tournament, kind of like, I think some European soccer teams do that. Maybe the EPL. I'm not, I'm not as familiar. I could ask my EPL friends. But, uh, you know, that would be more interesting, sort of. Your EPL friends. For real, yeah. I no, got, I know who you're talking about, but it's just, fu- it's just funny to think. Yeah, I got these EPL friends over here, so I'll just ask my EPL friends. That's funny. Got some EPL friends, got some, got, got groups of all kinds of sports fans, I guess. Got but, my PGA friends, got my. Uh, <laughs> really do? I could, I could source. I actually do I have a couple PGA sport. friends, so yeah. But. I would rather see them do a mid-season tournament than the playing. The playing's a joke to me. Like, especially since college basketball does it. Like, there's no reason for any pro sports league to have a play-in. Like, you, if you earned it, especially at the NBA, 82 games. If you got it through 82, unless there's an absolute tiebreaker, there's no need to have that. Yeah, no, you know I what don't, I mean? I don't. I don't like it. Like, I, I, I get like how they all. say like it gives an incentive for teams to not tank, but. You know, if it's that bad of a problem, which they've said it is for years and years, you know, give some sort of penalty to a team that's tanking. You know, don't I, I get the playing in theory. Like, again, I get it. And it has produced some fun games. But and does it, if, though, like it has mean, Clipper, Clippers Clippers T-Wolves is a fun game. Last, oh, no, this no, year. no, 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 no. That's sorry. 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 The games have been fun. The Lakers uh, Warriors last year, like are uh, the Warriors Grizzlies, the Celtics where <laughs> Jason Tatum went off for 50 like. Against the Wizards, so there's been some fun playing games. I mean, like it gives incentive, but at the same time, you pretty much are going in the playoffs to lose in the first round. Like I, I mean, obviously, but you're getting that, and obviously you're getting getting the you're getting the puncher's chant. And see, it works in March Madness though because you have only one game. So one game, like you have one. They shouldn't even have the play. They shouldn't even have the play in there. I don't even understand that. In college, either like if you earn it, if you get to be one of the what sixty eight now used to be sixty four, yeah. you're one of the sixty eight. Like you should earn it. Why get all the way there to have a one game playing to get slaughtered by the one seed? But hey, you never know. 
You is could, what you it could, is. You could be Villanova and get upset. Was it Nova? I thought it was Virginia Tech. Oh wait, no, sorry, not. It was not Nova. It was Virginia. Sorry, it was Virginia, Virginia because yeah. Virginia lost, Virginia and then the, they lost, and then they won the won it all the next year. That was right. Good way to uh, bounce back, Kyle. Guys, you want to go Eastern Conference or Western Conference first? Uh, let's go West. Western Conference. So let's go. We already did the one eight. So go four five. You want to go four or five first? Perfect. Yeah, I'm just kind of gonna so, go down one eight four five three six two seven. So I got um, this is. And this is kind of up and down. I have Dallas in seven, but this is contingent on Luca's injury. If Luca's only out one game, because I think it's if Luca's only out one game, then I still have Dallas in seven. If Luca is out two or more games, then I have the Jazz in whatever. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. Obviously, Luca got hurt. On the last game of the season, straight as cap. So gonna, unfortunate. Very unfortunate. He's gonna he's gonna miss tomorrow's game. Yeah. I would assume we see him back for game two. I got. The, let me just say this: I got the Jazz winning tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, doesn't doesn't take much of watching a Mavs game to realize they rely completely on Luca. Yeah. Kind of like how the Rockets did Harden when they had him. Yeah. Um, it's very similar. Um, thing with the. Thing with the Mavericks, they defend really well. I like if this was all everyone healthy, I would pick the Mavs probably in six. Like as much as I say, like you know, we should take Utah's pedigree seriously because they are in the playoffs year in and year out, and they're always at the top of the conference year in and year out. Luca was playing at such an insane fucking level since the All Star break, uh, and his teammates carrying his teammates up to a up to another level. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of with you. I think the Jazz get this. Sorry, so yeah, the Jazz winning tomorrow. I'd probably, I'd probably just like you lean toward the Mavs in seven, six if everyone was healthy. Yes, I'm gonna roll with the Mavs in seven, depending on how bad that injury is. Because even if he comes back, I mean, we saw with Kevin Durant, he had a similar injury that led to the Achilles. He had mm-hmm. a calf strain. Oh, so you know, who's got the higher seed? It's the the da- the, the Mavs. Mavs Mavs are Mavs. the Mavs were uh, actually a game out of the why they were playing was because if the Warriors lost and the Mavs won they would have moved up to the three line so that's why yep. Luke so that's why Luke was actually playing in the game so it wasn't like he was playing for no reason so yeah like I said I expect the Jazz to win tomorrow if they take two at home like let's say for some reason Luca does not play game two and the Jazz win both games at home and they're going back to Utah up 2-0. Mm-hmm. It might be a wrap for Dallas. Not, I, I would expect to see Luka for sure in that game three and then who knows. After that, it could be could be adding to the Luka legend after that. You know, He could come down 0-2 on the road, go get two by himself. Luka's just that special. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so who knows? I'm going to lean towards the Mavericks. Shows you how much confidence we have in Luka and the Mavericks that he's got a strained calf. It's going to miss the first game at home, and we're still picking them. But we'll yeah, see. For sure. Jazz are still no joke. They'll be ready for this. They've honestly got the better top-to-bottom team, I would say. But Luka plays so phenomenally. They play such great defense, and they can set up. He sets up everybody so well. They got There's nothing hard for them on offense because Luka's either getting himself a good shot or getting someone else a wide-open shot. It, so. reminds me, it reminds me of like the modern-day Cavs of 07. Yeah, kind of, even... 
just even because like second, just because LeBron second, had people around. Yeah, even the second kind of like the fifteen, like the seventeen, eighteen Cavs ones that went to the finals. LeBron and shooters, you're exactly right. But you're you're especially right. I've had that comparison too. It really does seem like LeBron's early teams where he didn't have the most talent around him, but the teams were constructed well around him. Like as far as shooting, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you'd have a big, you'd have shooting around you. That's why it's kind of funny to say like everyone goes like how LeBron didn't have help that first Cavs run, but they really did try a lot of things with LeBron. It's you know it's hard to get free agents to come to Cleveland. They definitely made the trades. They definitely had the right type of people you'd want around LeBron. He just didn't have top end talent around them, which a lot of people didn't at that time in the league. You know what I mean? I mean that's why it got to a point. The reason why, I mean this is kind of obviously digressing from the playoffs, but the reason why the Cavs teams didn't work was because of the big three, essentially. In my opinion, in in my opinion, because of, I mean, obviously they lost the magic too, who went to the finals and the magic didn't have that, but the magic did have a, in his prime prime, Dwight Howard, Hito Turkaloo, Rashad Lewis, James, uh, Jameer Nelson. They had players. Hey, but, everyone and, should cross their lucky stars that KG was not available that year because that Celtics team started off something like twenty-seven and three. They were on the repeat trail. Mm-hmm. They were they were blazing hot before KG got injured and this and, and that. But and, I, that, and they I, had I like one again. of the most. They won one of the best uh, first round series ever. Yeah, that with year. the Bulls. With the Bulls, that was a that was one of the best first round series ever. But um, yeah, no, I was just I was just saying that um. The Celtics having such like that big three depth really made it tough for LeBron to not because you couldn't just overpower with the fact of how great LeBron was when you have multiple people that are close to his level. You know what I mean? Facts. So like, he, it, it's different. His jumper wasn't all the way there at that mm-hmm. point either. He wasn't the LeBron of 2018 to where he could do that. He wasn't like he wasn't developed as a player like that. He still obviously had places to go. So at that point, that LeBron not being able to, not with the talent around him, he couldn't just propel them over the top to titles every year. He could obviously get them to the playoffs and get them a lot of wins, but couldn't get them titles, which is why it made sense why he had to leave. Because I feel like if the big three don't do, do not come together, he would have been able to kind of do that more. Maybe I mean all depending on how the league changes, but you know what I mean. Possibly there's. All uh, there, there's a, there's a world in where LeBron could have stayed in Cleveland and won with the kind of team construction that he had, especially if you add and like with Mo Williams you have LeBron and if you're able to get someone like a Luol Deng who was a good player good wing at that time who could score, but and as we as we said last time we talked too he uh, LeBron had some of his I want to say choke jobs but he had moments where he did not play to his fullest potential but oh, yeah. LeBron at that point. And we said this as well last time, and then I promise we'll get back to the playoffs, but <laughs> make this comparison. LeBron, at the end of his Cavs run, is exactly where Giannis is now. Giannis just has a ring. You know what I mean? They're, their career is pretty much identical. Like, you can almost mirror them identically, what they are right now, as mm-hmm. far as the two MVPs, how they are athletically, like how reckless they played early in their career. And now uh, Giannis is pretty much at that LeBron-Miami stage, where his game's a little more fine-tuned. Uh, let's get right to let's go to the next series so we can get to Giannis eventually because I was about to say some Giannis takes for this year or for what's going to happen in the playoffs 
Yeah, but, you you and you know, I are kind of the Eastern Conference. So let's go to the next series in the Western Golden Conference. Golden State, Denver. I've got Golden State in six. Steph will be back for game one. I'm going to go. It's going to be six or seven. It's going to be six or seven. Um, I but I think the Warriors, I think the Warriors get through, obviously. If the Nuggets had Michael Porter Jr. back, which I thought they would have had him back by now. Uh, you know, maybe I would pick them for another game. But yeah, I think it's probably the Warriors in six as well, regardless of if the Warriors look great or not. You know, I think they're going to find the rhythm. I don't think it's going to be easy by any means. Jokic is, you know, probably going to be the MVP again this year. Like I don't fully agree with, but that's just, I, get, I mean, it's not, hey. I, he's been playing great, so it's not like I can like, hate on it because I don't hate on it. I just don't. He's not playing just great. He's playing all time great. He's not my MVP this year, personally. We'll talk about that later, but uh, he'll prop he'll probably win. Uh, his stats are better than the previous year. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, as I've said here before, same with Luca. They're pretty much, I don't want to say perfect decision makers, but damn near on the offensive yeah, end. No, like they're, rarely, they're close they to don't Luke. take, especially Jokic. You rarely see Jokic take a bad shot where you might see Luca take a step back three, and it doesn't matter because Luca will make that. But Jokic. He's either going to find the open teammate or he's going to get himself an easy bucket, one of the two. And, uh, you know, Jokic, where he's obviously the Nuggets' strength, obviously being their best player, Yeah, that's the player's weakness is their front line, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably not ideal. You got Draymond coming off a bad back. You probably don't want him guarding Jokic 30 minutes out of the game. So I do think, however long this series goes, I think they're going to be tight games by the end. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. Going in that fourth quarter. And then after that, it's, you know, up to execution where, you know, the Warriors are going to have Steph, Draymond, Clay, and probably Jordan Poole in on crunch time. Yeah, they'll have Clay, those four. If Clay especially is making those shots, they're going to be tough to beat. So, so I was going to say, and the thing about the Warriors right now where they should feel good is Steph is one of the best players in the league coming off of injury. He never seems to really miss a beat. Like, if you go back through his all-injury history, he never really seems to, like, that game back, he doesn't seem to take a while to get back into it. There's that. With Steph gone and this year just in general, Jordan Poole has kept playing his way into the most improved player conversation because he's been phenomenal, especially since Steph's been gone. And Clay Thompson, four of his last six games, he's had 30 or more, including a 40-point game. And he's had six, seven, eight, and nine threes within, like, those games too so he's clay thompson starting to become get back to that clay thompson of old which i think is kind of good that steph was out possibly could be a blessing in disguise it could be the warriors are probably the team i have the biggest question marks about in the west you know they have like uh, they almost have like the highest seat they have they could almost have close to the highest ceiling but they also could have a low floor they're like almost a high risk high reward team they're just a team, you know, Clay's finally getting into rhythm, like you said, here at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole's obviously been playing amazing. Like, I'll, I'll keep some Jordan Poole thoughts for another time. But, you know, there could be, I'll keep that for another time. There's some uh, There's some Wes Welker, Julian Edelman potential there. I'll just say that related to the Patriots. But 
Curry, obviously, he's going to be fine. But your questions really are, what are Draymond? What's Draymond going to look like? What's Clay going to look like? What's the bench going to look like? Because there was a time that the bench was playing like the best bench in the league. And that's kind of dissipated over the past couple months, you know? So if the Warriors can get it right, they're probably a team that you, I don't want to say shoe in, but they're probably the team that you pick most likely to contend against Phoenix. Because I don't think anybody's challenging Phoenix along the way. I don't really think anybody's challenging Phoenix much besides just the Warriors and Grizzlies. So, so until the I'm conference finals, really, yeah. Until the conference finals, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of just said the next series too. We go to the two seven. We got Wolves Grizzlies. What's your? What do you got for that series? I have Minnesota losing in six. So you're gonna say you. Have- <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. No, I have, and it, I have them in six. If it was five, it wouldn't shock me at all. Like, I have it in six because Memphis is a younger team, and Minnesota's been playing with a lot of hunger and a lot of heart. So I think they can get, I think they definitely can get a game or a game, maybe two. But at the same time, Memphis has been phenomenal with and without jaw this year taylor jenkins is one of the top coaches of the year so the the memphis has been phenomenal this year yeah i got the grizzlies in five i think the wolves win like first three at home but the grizzlies have been the grizzlies outside of phoenix and then you know boston really since january 1st if you want to put the grizzlies right there in Dallas. Dallas but top to bottom, on. top to bottom, besides like where I'd put the Grizzlies over Dallas, you know, you could make a case for the Grizzlies being, you know, the second best team this year, really, like overall, top to bottom. Like yeah. like you said, they played record wise, they, they were. Yeah. They played amazing without Ja. They played him played well with him, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's Ja Morant. Um I'm really excited to see Ja and the Grizzlies this playoffs. I think Ja's gonna hit another level. Um Kind of like Luca, if he was healthy, I think he would take it to another level too. You know, you just never know with these guys how talented they are. You know I mean? No, I'm just um, thinking Luca taking it to another level would like maybe go like <laughs> him taking it to another level in the playoffs would just be almost be like Michael Jordan level. And I'm only saying yeah. that because if you look at his statistics and how he's played in the two series against the Clippers, he's been legitimately like a 34 point triple double. So like if he took it to, and like the thing is he could take it to another level. He could be more efficient with it. He can control the game more. So it's not just statistically, but like really making that LeBronish impact of like where one player controls all ten. So yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see Jaw. In this young team, and I think, you know, looking ahead here, I think we get Grizzlies, Warriors second round. I think that's a seven game series. It's going to be a classic. I really do. Oh, uh, yeah. The Grizzlies will. The Grizzlies will obviously have that game seven at home, and we'll see from there. That's why I'm really interested to see how the Warriors look this first round. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they if they look on point, it could be one of those, and it happens every playoffs where you kind of see this team that at one point contended that maybe looked a little sloppy during the year. And you take it at face value, and then you realize once you get in the playoffs, everything's different, which is how it always is. You know what I mean? Because all of a sudden, then Draymond looks like the Draymond we know and love, right? And then Clay and Curry, they're hitting threes. And then before you know it, you're down 12, and, then, and you got the Warriors crowd going crazy. You, you know what I mean? Have, That's a little different. You even than, have and then you got Jordan Poole in. on top of it. 
I was like, you have Iggy coming in even for like spot minutes because like in the playoffs it's those five minute intervals that could change it. And obviously, Iggy's not going to give you thirty six like he could give you in the finals anymore. Clearly, but he can give you a good fifteen because he knows what he's doing and he's still in that kind of shape. So, like, and then Gary Payton the second like. Like they have a team to where if they can come come together, their team's gonna obviously be very very scary. But yeah, no, I got right. Memphis in six over yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, and the Grizzlies they got such great depth. You know they have legitimately ten to twelve guys who can play. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you couple that with Ja his his athletic ability mixed with his playmaking ability mixed with his game overall. Like he you can't you can't lose with Ja as that with that guy as your leader. No, uh, they're going to be good for a long time. And that Memphis whole crowd is going to be going crazy. I think they make light work of the Wolves in the first round. And, yeah, I'm I'm already looking ahead to that Warriors-Grizzly series. and like really looking forward to it. The, Granted, se- the those- semis are going to be some of the best semis maybe ever, honestly. We've got a solid first round. We've got we've got a you know pretty good semifinal setup, which is usually the case. Usually... You know, if you got these years where you got like pretty packed standings, that second round can usually be, you know, a conference finals matchup. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in this case, in the first round, we can transition to the East. You got a conference finals matchup with Boston and, and Brooklyn, which I cannot wait for. Sunday, 3 30. And who you got in that? I'm interested to hear. Boston and six. If it goes seven, I would have Brooklyn, but I think Boston's too good defensively. Jason Tatum has ascended to, and I think he'll continue to and officially like stamp it, stamp it. But like this second half of the season, Jason Tatum's really ascended to that superstar, superstar level. And Jalen Brown, I was talking about it before on a podcast about how Jalen Brown was kind of off for a little bit of time. Jalen Brown seems to be picking it up more, so you've got that dynamic duo. And I just think defensively they're going to be a little bit too much for for Brooklyn. But in a game seven, if like if it got to seven, I would pick Brooklyn because again I'm going to go with Kevin Durant and Kyrie over Tatum and Brown. But I don't think he'll get to seven. Well, I actually think it does get to seven, and I think Boston gets it done at seven. We'll have that game seven at home. Um, depends. There's, there's <laughs> oh, talk, that's, that's tough. <laughs> there's talk of Time Lord coming back here in round one, which I don't see the point of rushing him back. Um, if this was a fully healthy Celtic squad, because I came on here last time, we said, I said, if we got a full squad, I'm not afraid of Brooklyn at all. Without Ben Simmons, with it just being Kyrie and KD, I'm really not afraid of them. You know, we're they they're not gonna be able to guard us. Their defense has improved here, mm-hmm. you know, late in the season, the last ten games. They're giving more energy, but we got too many options. You know, we share the ball well, we're an equal opportunity offense, and we play amazing defense on top of that. Matter of fact, the stats are we're the best offense and the best defense, net rating first, everything. So Boston's the hottest team going into this, aside from Phoenix, who's, you know, been Phoenix this whole year. So Again, fully healthy squad. No, I'm not afraid of Brooklyn. So now we don't have Rob Williams, who's our rim protector and defensive anchor. So I lean the way Kevin Durant and Kyrie are playing, they can get you. They can get you three. They could really get you three by themselves, even if that's going toe-to-toe with Jalen and KD's Jason. KD's getting you one. Kyrie's is getting you. I mean, it's not obviously like definitive, but Kyrie's getting you one. KD's getting you one. And then their team can get you one. And then you get to a game seven, anything can happen. 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't foresee Brooklyn. I don't foresee Brooklyn getting that team win. I really don't. Like they're so, I want to say reliant on Kyrie and KD because they're not, but they kind of, as far as shot creation, they, they are. They you know are. I mean, everyone else, they everyone are. else, after, every, well, everyone else after that is spot up. You know what I mean? The only person who can um, kind of get their shot would be Seth. Seth is obviously going to be more of a spot up shooter, but he does have enough handle to where if he needed a possession or two, he could get it. But yeah, like, Seth would be Seth would be the other creator, and I cannot believe. I can't believe how much Seth gets moved because he's about as lights out of a shooter as you can get outside of Curry and his brother and Clay and uh, a few other guys too. But he is he's consistently in the mid forties for three point. I couldn't believe that Brooklyn got him in there. Um, yeah, like he he's a player who I understand. Like early in his career, he couldn't really find his niche in the league. Before the like since that Blazers year. In the 2018 playoffs, like when he really like cemented himself, then he went to the Mavs and played well. Then Sixers a couple years, and this year, like he's legitimately made himself into a legitimate starting guard in the league. So, like, I don't yeah, understand why he me- gets moved so much. He shoots 44 percent from three for his career, and that's not a fluke. Like, yeah, he's he's been great. He had a great run in Dallas. He obviously mm-hmm. had a great. Run. Really, like he's been great for all of them. I can't believe Brooklyn got him included in that trade, and I yeah. really can't. But good for them. Yeah, I mean, the three of them are honestly lethal on offense. And, you know, Nash, Steve Nash, regardless of who's on the Nets, finds a way to get them open shots. Like, I love the way their offense ran. I remember the first game, I believe, I believe it was Kyrie's first game. Durant still was out for the season. So this would have been 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. And I remember their first game on TNT, me and, uh, me and Steven were texting each other. We're like, shit. It doesn't matter who's on this roster. Like the Nets are going to be amazing regardless. They can get whatever shot they want, and that was without KD. That was Kyrie, Karis Levert, everybody, and they're still getting those shots. You just maximize that with uh, KD and Kyrie, obviously, and like you said, Seth. Um, this is honestly, other than last year in the semifinals, this might be the best Kevin Durant's maybe ever played. He averaged 37 and 6 this year. But like I don't know if anyone's really noticed. He's getting double digit assists like pretty consistently now. Over the last like 8 games, he's had 4 games and one of them he had 16 assists. Like he's yeah, becoming like a legitimate play like he's always been a good playmaker, but he's becoming like a real legitimate playmaker. It's the first time in his career he's been over 6 assists a game. Yeah, they're they're really turning to him to be like the de facto point guard. The way Kyrie's playing, mm-hmm. uh, no Simmons obviously, and then Harden. Harden was really in the point guard role, and we know what happened with James Harden. Um, so yeah, KD's really taking the playmaker role on top of his scoring already. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised in the least. Like I said, I'm picking this to go to seven. Wouldn't be surprised if we got it in six. Obviously, we're missing Rob Williams. We still got a great defense. You know, we still got. Equal opportunity offense. I think regardless whether it's six or seven, I think all these games are going to be close. I don't think there's going to be a blowout on either side. There's rumors that Simmons is coming back. Game Seems four. Between, between four and six is his plan, or the end of the series, really. Um, who knows what the hell that guy's going to give you. You know what I mean? I mean, he's been sitting on the bench all year. Last time we saw him, he didn't want to dunk. And uh, leading up, leading up to that, he didn't even score in any of those fourth quarters. I believe I'd have to go back and look. But no, he, he didn't. He didn't even try to shoot in those fourth quarters. So I don't put too much stock into Simmons, other than being a body. He's obviously not going to be in game shape 
So yeah, he's gonna give you a couple of rebounds, give you some energy, give you a couple, uh, you know, playmaking opportunities, which will help. But I don't think it's gonna push them over the edge. But I, I, I'm rolling, I completely agree with that. I'm rolling with the Celtics. I really wish, I wish Brooklyn would have fell to eight. We could have got him in like the second round or something like that. I'd rather have seen him later. No one wanted to see Brooklyn in the first round, regardless of if you feel like I, as a Heat fan, I feel that Brooklyn, we could beat Brooklyn. But God, am I so happy that we only see Cleveland or Atlanta? Like I didn't want to see Brooklyn in the first round. If Brooklyn would have got Miami, I probably would have picked Brooklyn. Yeah, and see, then that's fair. And like I wouldn't have even like I understand anyone who would have picked Brooklyn. I would have. I think Miami can still win that series because of how their defensive prowess too. They're built a lot like the Celtics, where they have it is an equal opportunity offense. They do have multiple people who can go get their own shot. People been there, done that. Champions, blah blah blah. So. Um, but at the same time, it's again, it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing at the peak of their powers. Like, obviously, that team's going to give any team in the league fits. Yeah, Kyrie's been unbelievable. Kyrie's been Kyrie may be the best Kyrie we've ever seen, and this is like pretty much the best Durant we've ever seen. And they're playing together, so they're gonna be tough, regardless of whomever they play. Three six, we got Bucks Bulls in the East. Bucks and five, I, maybe a sweep. I, yeah, I would say Bucks and five. And if the Bulls had Lonzo, I, maybe I'd say Bucks and six. Oh, if they had Lonzo, the series could be interesting. But without Lonzo and with Patrick Williams being like just barely coming back, I believe I think, or he may be mm-hmm. still out. One of the two, but they. No, they're defen- defensively they have gone down. They haven't really been the greatest of teams lately, and Milwaukee is they're poised and ready to go on it. And Giannis is Giannis, so yeah, I'm kind of scared for everybody what Giannis is going to do this postseason because I think he's going to go up another level. I think he's averaged something. What do you average? I'll look it up right now. On the season, I want to say like 30, 14, not fourteen, maybe thirty, twelve, and six assists. I can tell you in just two seconds. Giannis on the year averaged 30, 12, and 6. There we go, 30, 12, and 6. So I expect that to go up to something like 32, 15, and probably around the same assist, maybe less. But I'm scared for what Giannis is going to do to this league this, this postseason. Um, he averaged 30, 13, and 5 last year, and he's better. So <laughs> he's better. His jump shot's better. He's got a little bit of a mid range jump shot. He only shot eighteen percent from three last year and he's in the playoffs last year and he's better than that. And only fifty eight from the line. I know he shot a little bit better this year. Yeah, he shot seventy two percent from the line this year. Exactly. And that's if Giannis is giving you seventy two percent from the line, perfect. Cause he's gonna get to the line, right? Mm-hmm. Five out of every seven free throws. If Giannis is gonna hit it, you can't hack a Giannis, you can't do anything like that at that point. And he's not afraid to take him. He's got that. He's got that little post fadeaway. Um, and you know, if he's shooting that three only two or three times a game, and he's making one or two of them, you live with that. You know what I mean? That's bonus on it. Like he's he's gonna have something scary. He's gonna do something scary this postseason. Like, don't be surprised. I probably said this on here too. I probably even said it last year. I would not be surprised if you know we wake up one morning. 
say I missed a game, right? And I wake up one morning and I see Giannis had 50 and 25. I would not be surprised by that. Like he's he's that type of player. He's that athletic. He's that disruptive. To the defenses. last playoff game he played, he put up 50. He put up exactly. But now I add 25 boards to that. Make him do some Will Chamberlain shit. Giannis would be my choice to do that. Oh yeah, he really would. He had 15 um, and four. He had 50 and 14. The last time we saw him play basketball, 17 of 19 from the free throw line. And by the way, the Bulls, Bulls, they get a couple pieces next year because I was never on. They started off really hot. They had some good energy. Um, I never thought they were like a top contending team, even though they were in that top four most of the year. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I would have said this before. I will say this again. I think next year, you know, they get a couple pieces out of that bench. Everyone's a year older. Who knows what really happens with Vucevic? I don't think he's been exactly what they've expected, but he's, you know, you kind of want Vuce on your team anyway. Um, you know, the Bulls are going to be dangerous down the road for sure, especially if they can get some depth, get some more shooting, get a get another stopper in there. Patrick Williams would help with backs. He's obviously a a great wing defender to have. Yeah, if you uh, have Patrick Williams, you have Lonzo, you have uh, DeMar DeRozan, you have Zach Levine, Caruso. you have Caruso. I think Vucevic doesn't fully fit that team personally. I think doesn't seem to. No, it's he is he's an offensive big and he's a very good big. Like he, I, he's a little bit underrated because people really don't know fully how good. Like he's a good big. So, but he is a big that doesn't fit their up and down team because they're a team that can really get up and down the floor. But in the half court offense, you're going to run it through DeRozan, you're going to run it through Levine. You really don't need that post presence who can get you twenty. There, they have fit. Like if they got Rudy Gobert, Austin was talking to me about this the other day. I don't see a way that the Jazz would fully do that and make full sense of it. To be honest with you, but I mean. All depends, but Rudy, uh, someone like Rudy Gobert, or if they could manage to get Miles Turner, or someone who, someone like that, I think would fit their team perfectly. Who we got in the four or five? Um, I have Philly in seven. I think Toronto's. I, be- I think Toronto's better than what people give them credit for. I agree. I completely agree. I would say six or seven. Would not be surprised if the Raptors won this, Neither depending on what things are. Depending on what James Harden shows up, because yeah, the Raptors are not gonna make this easy at all. They're gonna be that they, really they do have annoying championship pedigree, championship coach. They're gonna be that really annoying scrappy team. Uh, they got Scotty Barnes who does not quit. Their whole team doesn't quit. Siakam's played Siakam, great. Siakam's done what he's supposed to do now. Like there was a year after where, like last year. Siakam kind of didn't take that next step that you were hoping to after Kawhi left. This year, he more he felt like he took that like real step. I don't know. Last sure. year, like last also year, he had stats, but he didn't. Year. Yeah, yeah. He had the and stats got, for last year, but not the not the same play, not the same demand. They got Van Vliet. Uh, well, they got Gary Trent Jr. So they can shoot you out. They can shoot you out. If they need to. And they're they're not going to quit at all on defense. They got Karen Nurse as their head coach. Um, they're just he just reminds me of a Karen. He really does. Like he always <laughs> has that look on his face where he just wants to complain. And that's you know I don't want to take anything away from him because he's definitely a top five head coach. Yeah, for sure he's been great. Definitely be looking like Karen Nurse at times. But you know me and Steven were talking the other night. He's obviously a big Philly fan. He's not too worried about this series. I'm like, uh, I should be. You know, 
just never know. Just never know with James Harden. I think Embiid's going to bring it. I think Embiid will he'll eat up this series. He really will. He'll probably get his 30 and 15. You know, he might put up some Shaq numbers. He might. But, you know, Toronto's just going to be so scrappy and well-coached and not give an inch. You know, Harden has to be at least three quarters of, you know, what we expect from James Harden, I would say. He's been averaging like 16 that, points a game over the month of April. That can't, that won't work. That's not, yeah, getting, learned, it, that's not getting it done. I, I have no clue. I shouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt. I shouldn't. <laughs> but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he just didn't play well. And that, you know, he might show up the series. But you just never fucking know with James Harden. When shit gets tough, he will gladly go out the back door. He will gladly go out the back door. We've seen that time and time and time and time again. And uh, this is exactly the type of team, if for some reason, you know, 2-2 game five would be in, that would be in Philly. 2-2 mm-hmm. game five, tie game, fourth quarter. Yeah, I could see absolutely see Harden being like, go ahead, Joel. You know, I mean, that's what he did. I get he was injured last year, but that's what he did. He should like he should thank his lucky stars that Durant played as well as he did because it completely overshadowed. Sorry, he should be thanking his lucky stars that he got injured because that completely overshadowed his performance. He did nothing for them in that game seven against the Bucks. That no, was he, all Durant. He was a, hard literally just get a half court pretty much. Yeah, no, he was just he was only a body, and I understand that his hamstring was nagging. But you might as well if you're if you can't go, then don't play. Like I understand. Hey, I'm, they gl- needed- I'm glad. No, I'm glad he went. I'm glad he went, but. He he didn't perform well. He no. did not perform well at all, which is, you know, yeah, James Harden, he relies on a lot of one-on-one. He can get to the rim, but if there's one thing, and I would say the same thing with Steph or Claire, any of these guys, even if they are playing on one leg, shit, you give them half a look, they're still going to bury that three. You can't, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. a, hurt, a hurt dog's a dangerous dog is what they say. And, you know, specifically Clay and Curry, they're her. I'm still expecting them to make that three. Harden, when he's when he's healthy, I don't expect him to make that three, that big three. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. He doesn't have it in him. I think I agree with you. I think it's gonna be a long series, whether it's six or seven. I got Philly winning, but I don't think it's gonna be easy by any means. And I, I think it's gonna be agree. I can see be a lot of Joel and Bede. I think I think I think Harden let me put it like this. And the wins, I think Harden's gonna give you enough. And the losses, I think you're going to see like 16 points per game Harden. And I think Embiid's going to be there every game. I think Siakam, Van Vliet, all those guys, the whole crew, I think they're all going to play well for Toronto. But yeah, if James Harden shows up this series, Sixers should win. If he doesn't, it's going to be game seven. Game seven, Joel Embiid going for it all. Or game six where Joel Embiid like has to bail them out because James Harden isn't playing well. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then we got we got um the second round now. So we got we'll just stay right there with Philly. Hold we up, got, let me let me let me let me let's skip over that. Let me, give me your conference finals because we could go we could go round by round, but we're going to be revisiting the semifinals here in a couple of weeks anyway. So okay. give me your conference finals. What do you think? Okay, well let's I go have, west west Western Conference first because we started there. Phoenix and Golden State, and that one is tough for me to choose over Golden State over Memphis. Yeah, I would say I would say I'm about there too. Um, I here's the thing that I think I think Memphis gives Golden State a harder time than Phoenix. 
No, and it's, it's the way that Memphis is. I don't like. I I'm not saying that, and it's not by like by a wide margin. It's not like Phoenix will not give Golden State a hard time, or they can't beat Phoenix, or they can't beat Golden State because they clearly can. And they clearly were a 64 win team this year. I don't know. It seems that the athleticism of the athleticism and the speed of Memphis gives Golden State problems. I don't know. From what I've seen over the last even couple years, it seems that Memphis and their athleticism gives Golden State a little bit more fits than Phoenix. Not that Phoenix doesn't give Golden State fits at all. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what... So you're picking Golden State even though you think Memphis is the toughest matchup for them? I think... I think I think Memphis get, is going to give Golden State all they can handle for seven games, and I have Golden State in seven, and that's it against against Memphis. Against Memphis. All right. So who would you have winning the Western Conference right now? If it's Suns, Golden State. <laughs> See, I haven't even chosen that because, like, again, I'll let you, I'll let you think about it. Let me say this. I got the second round going exactly how you got it. I think it's going to be a knockdown, drag-out, seven-game series, a classic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the best series we have in the whole playoffs. Yes. Memphis and Golden State. And uh, that might just bring out the best in Golden State. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Heart of a champion. We'll find out about a lot of each squad coming from that series. Yes. You know? I, I think Memphis is poised to be a contender for years to come. We're going to find out. You know what I mean? I don't I don't expect Golden State to beat them in five, right? No, no, no. If they if it is a shorter series, I think it's only six. Like that's 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 a level of teams I think both of them are. Now, as we said before, Golden State's front line that's weak. You got John Moran coming to you at the rim, like you said with their uh, athleticism. Man, that's going to be that's going to be a load to deal with all season. Couple that with Memphis can play defense. You know. Um, yeah, they have a defensive player of the year candidate in Jaron Jackson Jr. With their whole team can just play defense, but yeah. And couple that with, we really don't know what we're getting from Steph. You know what I mean? We know he's playing. We know he's healthy. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Is he is he a hundred percent? You know what I mean? Because if he's a hundred percent Steph, then okay, you got a chance against anybody. Obviously, I you think know what by I mean? that point he's going to be a hundred percent Steph. I just, we'll see. We'll see. We, I mean, obviously, seems, depend, de- barring any other kind of Nick or Bruce, like I think he's going to be at least or at least ninety five percent stuff because in the playoffs people are a little worn down. But like I think you're going to get the full capacity of what you can get out of Steph by that round for sure. Personally, yeah, that one's a that one's a toss up to me. If that's the seven game series, um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll give it let me give it to you like this because I think we're going to get that anyway, and obviously our opinion might change in these next two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, man, gun to my head. It's hard to pick. It really is. It's hard. To I'll get, I would give Golden, I would give Golden State the nod off pedigree, but I'm not confident in that. I'm like, there's least confidence you can be in that. That's how, that's how much I think of Memphis. I would put it like this. I think whoever gets through, whether it's Memphis or Golden State, I think that's also a six, seven game series with Phoenix that next round. I got Phoenix going to the finals out of the West, though. I had that at the beginning of the year, I believe, and I'm going to stick with that. 
Um, <laughs> I had LA. <laughs> what's up? I said I had LA. <laughs> yeah, you had the Lakers. You had the Lakers. I had the Lakers, um, Golden State in the conference finals. And I had that literally at the end of last year, like before like the, even the off seasons really went on because you questioned any me on the, it. Before any of the rosters were constructed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I trusted that Clay, Draymond, and Steph could get to the conference finals. I did. And I still think I, they can get to the conference finals. I think, I think I'm about as shaky as you can be for Golden State. Like, I'm confident in them, but Memphis is so good. Like, I don't know. I just have the most questions – out of all of the contenders, I think I have the most questions out of Golden State. They, have the, the most, same they time, have the most questions, it, for sure. But they, at the same time, all it takes is that one game where you see <clears throat> everything clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Where that depth isn't that much of a factor and you don't have to rely on Kevon Mooney as much. And you can kind of play your best five. Then, yeah, Golden State's going to be tough for anyone to beat. I'm going to give Golden State the nod for right now. And we'll go Phoenix-Golden State. But... I don't even feel confident about saying that. I like the only thing I'm confident about in the West for sure is the Suns. So well, yeah, Suns conference, conference, fin- Suns conference finals. I feel thoroughly confident in um, Golden State. You know, Memphis. Actually, I'll, I'm going to stick to it right now. I'm going to flip on that. Suns Memphis. Suns Memphis conference finals. Okay, I've got Golden State Suns in the conference finals. And I will give you a winner before the end of this podcast. I don't have one right now. Give me your East Eastern Conference Conference Finals. Miami Milwaukee Conference. Who in Milwaukee? Miami Milwaukee. I think Miami finishes off Philly in six, and I have Milwaukee in six. Interesting. Interesting. I have. At Philly versus somebody in the conference finals, whether that's Milwaukee, whether that's Boston. You have Philly over Miami? Yeah, I do. You trust James Harden? You're it's putting, more so trusting Embiid. That's, that you, you're trusting James Harden because Embiid, say this. Embiid's me, not let, winning them that series by himself. Let me say this. Miami, Miami's tricky for me because obviously they're the first seed. Um, and like you said, they're very much like Boston where they're, they're team-oriented they're, they play defense, they play hard, they get good shots. I guess for me, like, what gives me cause to pause, Stephen A would say, what gives me cause to pause with them is how much they rely on Tyler Hero. That's what kind of gets me. You got Jimmy, you got Bam, then you got Tyler Hero, which isn't the worst thing. It's really not the worst thing, but he's, he's still young in his career. He's been up and down. Like his rookie year compared to his sophomore year compared to now, you know, it's kind of a trick or treat, Tyler Hero. Granted, he's a shooter and he can score all that. As I say, he as I say he had a little sophomore slump, which happens to a lot of people, and he's now averaging twenty one points, five rebounds, four assists. I, I don't know why that's trust tough to trust him. Postseason's a different game. Bubble, and he played great in the, the postseason. Not the bubble. He didn't play great. He last didn't play. He didn't play good. Great against Memphis, but other in the bubble, he played great all throughout. Yeah, but TJ Warren was dropping fifty in the bubble, like like everything. You know what I mean? Like the bubbles. The bubbles. The bubble. But I don't know. I think it's all set up for Philly. They got the like. Let's say the contenders, right? You got Philly. You got Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee, and Miami. Throw Miami in there too. Philly should have the easiest road, right? 
as far as talent. You had Toronto, and then you'd get Miami. Not necessarily the easiest. Man, see, now you got me thinking about it. The easiest road? I don't know. It's not necessarily the easiest road, but it's like the least talented road. But it's not an easy road at all. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I mean... I I think I'd rather... I think I would rather face... Miami than Boston. Let's say that. If I'm a team in the East, right? I'd rather face Miami than Boston. Depends on what team you are. I think Philly Depending. I think Philly might rather face Miami than Boston. I think Milwaukee would rather face Boston than Miami. I don't know about that. We've always matched up well with my uh Milwaukee, sorry. As well have we. And, uh, and we played we played a great game with them toe to toe without Jason Tatum. And again, we're the best statistically offense defense with the best team in the league right now so i don't think anybody wants to see boston but i don't think any, I don't know, I think, see, I mean, any of the good teams i mean miami's i been, know but i think i think if anybody i think if those contending teams if they wanted to face anybody i think the two teams they'd want to play would be funny enough as i say this philly and miami i think those are the two weaker ones out of that out of that group i disagree and, uh, but I think Miami and Boston are the same exact level of team. I think Philly's the weaker one out of all of them because I don't yeah, trust I don't, Harden at all. But yeah, I don't trust Harden. But I don't know. I don't see Miami. I see Miami just a step below, just because Jimmy. Jimmy's a big time player. He's a big time player, but he's not. He's not Tatum. You probably want him more than Harden in the playoff series, but he hasn't been he hasn't been the guy we saw like who, you know, can give you thirty a game. You know what I mean? He seemed to take step a step back a little bit. His shooting's been horrendous as far as from three this year. And he's been in and out of the lineup. I just think Miami has some warts. Do I wanna do I wanna play them in general? No, because they're gonna give you a hell of a series. But do I wanna play them compared to Milwaukee, compared to Brooklyn? Compared to Boston, yeah, I'll take Miami over those guys, and I'd want Philly too. By the way, like I, I'd rather take Philly in the second round if I'm Boston, but you know, obviously, we don't have that option. We'd have to match up with them in the conference finals. Uh, so I think this is, you know, we've been going back and forth. I haven't even given my uh, prediction yet, but I think it's Philly, and I think it's either Boston or Milwaukee, obviously, because that's going to be the second round, and I think that's going to be a seven game series. I'm going to roll with my team though. And I'm scared to death of Giannis. Let me say that off top. Like, it's it's probably gonna be. Are you scared more of Giannis, Giannis or Kevin Durant? Uh, if this was a full Brooklyn team, I'd say Durant. I just mean individually. Individually, just individually. I guess the same. I think I think like the way it's constructed, we're gonna be able to. We can't hold Durant in check at all. You can't hold Durant or Kyrie in check, but they have such little options. I think we're going to be able to get stops when we need to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just a little easier, right? Giannis, there's literally no stopping him. Okay. Nothing you can do. I guess like, I was say I fear Milwaukee more than I fear Brooklyn. I think if you tell me that I'm going into a game tied 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, tied at 85 in a game seven, I'm more scared of Durant than I am of Giannis. But again, that is by like a hair because – if I'm looking at Giannis, I am still frightened because yeah, I mean one of he, them, both of one like, of them, yeah, <laughs> one of them had 50 points in a in an elimination or not elimination because they were still up, but you know, game six he dropped 
50 and whatever else. So and and I'm Kevin, one of them and, and one of them dropped 48 and was a toenail away from going to the hey, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt, <laughs> or at a no 49 point Durant's triple gonna, double in game five. Durant's gonna get his. Durant's gonna get his. All I'm saying, we seen Durant in the finals with Steph and Clay and everyone else by his side, by his side. You know what I mean? So oh, it's a little sure. different. It's a little different when it comes to that, but obviously Durant's Kevin fucking Durant. You know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. Like I said, I, I mean, I was saying, I was saying two or three weeks ago, I, I, I welcome Brooklyn, right? So I'm not as, I'm not as afraid as Durant. This year's playoffs, he's gonna drop damn near forty a game on us. He really is. He really is. Like him and Kyrie, their numbers are gonna be stupid. They're gonna get nothing, or are they gonna get enough from their team? Is the question. You know, I don't. I don't foresee it aside from Seth. I think the series comes down. I think that first series comes down to Kyrie personally, but go, we can go on. Hey, Kyrie's going to get his, it's the other guys for them. KD and Kyrie, they can give you, you can book them for 70 points a game. If you want, where's that other 40 points coming from? Can they get it? That's the question. Boston's going to be able to score. Boston's going to be able to, to defend, uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, I don't think is as talented as Boston, honestly. Um, I'm just scared to death of Giannis because he can get you open threes, obviously. He takes so much attention in the paint. Like, he's so tough to game plan against. They're, but, they're a well-rounded team. Their team is, like, perfectly constructed for Giannis. You have Middleton but, who can take and make big shots. You have Drew Holiday who is one of the best guard defenders in the league. So any guard that's actually important Drew Holiday can go check him. Then you got shooters around him. They're they're just they're per- built perfectly for Giannis, and then Giannis is just obviously a man amongst boys. So, yeah, I think I got the Suns. As I said, I got the Suns coming out of the West, and I think whoever wins that semifinals matchup, Celtics Bucks, I think they make it to the finals. And I know that's not definitive, but man, this like that semifinals between that Grizzlies Warriors matchup. What pick them? The pick two whatever. Three, the two threes are going to be the best series, maybe the best series in the whole playoffs. Yeah, and any of the semifinals matchups in the East are going to be tough. So, so I got Miami. I got Miami Milwaukee, and I have Phoenix Golden State, and that's as far as I got on my whole. Playoffs. I hadn't chosen either one of them yet. Uh, give me, give me, give me a slight. Give me uh, what you're feeling right now. No, I, I know. I'm. You want to say Golden State? I want to say gold. I want to say Golden State, Miami is what I want to say. <laughs> it's if I actually feel confident in Miami being able to really stop Giannis. They've done it before, and they did it two playoffs ago. They have the personnel to where they can make it tough on Giannis. So I do like that. It's just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to Miami over Milwaukee. And I'm I'm not confident in it, but you know what? As you rolled with your team, I'm rolling with my team. Miami over Milwaukee in seven. That's interesting. I have, I want to say little confidence in the Heat, but. It's okay. I think the Heat are tough. I think they. I like the Heat already better next year. If they can get like, if they get another, 
I don't even know. Like Victor Oladipo did drop like 41 and 10 in his last game. Which who knows there, right? Like who knows? No, I, was just, who, I, who I know. Knows, who knows? Like, because uh, yeah, that's the thing. If if you can get some semblance of a older or a, a vintage Victor Oladipo, which is crazy to say, because I don't even know if he's 30 yet. But uh, he was born in. He was actually born May 4th, 1992. So he's turning 30 in a couple. About to be 30. He's turning 30 in a couple weeks. Hey, we've seen it. I mean, we saw it with Reggie Jackson last year with the Clippers, where he. Everything came together for him. Mm-hmm. If Victor Oladipo can be that third guy and randomly, I'm not expecting this at all, but if for some reason he can string it together for, you know, four weeks, five weeks, then yeah, you got a different Miami team. Then, then you can really start going, oh shit. All right. Bam, bam, Jimmy, Tyler Hero, and uh, Victor Oladipo. Don't forget about of- Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got, I was going to say, thing, you've got. Playoff Kyle Lowry's gonna be different. Like Miami's, that, that's what like, I'm. That's the thing. Like the more I, the more I talk about it, like I just think Miami's gonna be super tough, and they like have to grit it. They out. can go you know eleven I mean? deep. They have PJ Tucker too. Let's not forget about PJ Tucker. Like they got it. They, they, they got the bodies and they got the pedigree. But like, to, just, to beat Milwaukee, they have the they have PJ Tucker, who obviously is. I mean, obviously Giannis is taller than him, but PJ Tucker is one of the strongest players in the league. You've got Bam. Who can jump with Giannis? Obviously, it's Giannis, so he's Giannis. But like, you've got Bam, you've got PJ Tucker, and then obviously you've got a Dwayne Denman who you can throw in the paint for like five minutes to just be a body. But and you got shooting and Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. You've got Kyle Lowry, who has been there, done that with championship pedigree. This team has been to the finals, regardless of if the bubble or not. You've got Jimmy Butler, clearly, who you can also put on Giannis for a couple possessions at least on the. On the wing, if you if you can get a good Victor Oladipo comes down to Markeith Morris, and then it's the if Gabe Vincent gives you a few minutes, Caleb Martin's been playing well, uh, Max Strauss has been playing well too. So this team has the capabilities of doing it, and I'm doing Miami in the finals, and then in the West. You don't sound too confident about that. Do I? I don't. I I don't. I mean, I sound almost so as you, confident as you, you re- sound in Boston. Like, but I'm actually confident in Boston. I'm actually confident in Boston. I just I'm scared to death of Giannis. Okay, okay, and I'm talking about Milwaukee. I am scared to death of Giannis. That's the point. Yeah, <laughs> has but nothing- you sound like you. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think Miami's going to be tough. I just. I I, I'm scared of. I have no. I'm not concerned about Philly. Like. I think Philly's tough. Like Embiid's tough. Cool. I am not concerned about Philly. I think we. I think it's going to be a tough series, but I think Miami is just better than Philly, so they're going to win that series. This is literally because of Giannis. But I'd be surprised if Philly, if Miami beat Philly, no. But this is just this is literally just the Giannis concern. More Miami. I got to see some more Miami. Giannis scares me to death. Like he's so. I think where Miami, I think Miami's just not explosive to me. Whereas Boston can go three crazy, Milwaukee can go three crazy. Tyler Hero, Philly, Duncan Robinson can't go three crazy. They can go three crazy, but I'm saying they're just not as explosive. Whereas Boston, Boston's up twenty on these teams a lot of times in the second and third quarter. The game's over. You know what I mean? Like Boston can get whatever they want offensively, on top of their defense, which, as we said, is the best best in the league, headed by possibly the Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart. You know what I mean? Whereas Miami, 
you know, they just, again, I saw them play early in the year. They like, they don't struggle offensively, but they're not, they're not explosive. They're just not explosive. You know what I mean? And Jimmy's, Jimmy's still Jimmy Butler. Like he's great, but he's not, I don't know. I don't see that, that ISO 30 can get you anywhere from 25 to 30 a game, Jimmy Butler yet. But if that Jimmy Butler shows up, then, you know, the conversation is out the window. Cause there was a time where, you know, he looked like he can go toe to toe with your best superstar. You know what I mean? Cause he would D him up all game. Right. Like he's, mm-hmm. he was that type of player who was going to give it to you two ways. Kind of like Kawhi, not as top end talent as Kawhi, you know, Kawhi will give you the threes, all of that. Jimmy shooting comes and goes, but mid range and in, you know, getting to the rack, Jimmy was a load to deal with in Chicago, Minnesota, even that bubble year with Miami. So all depends. I mean, like we said, the beginning of the postseason is a new season. It bursts new people. So we might see Jimmy Butler go absolutely ridiculous. Who knows? Who knows? I was like, I'm, com- I'm confident in Miami getting to the conference finals. I really am. It's Giannis scares to death. It scares me to death. Because he's Giannis Antetokounmpo, so why wouldn't he scare you? I mean, give me your rookie. The, give me your rookie of the year. Oh my, Evan Mobley. I think I'd agree with that. Give me your coach of the year. Tyler Taylor Jenkins. I would go Monty Williams, sixty-four win team. That's, that's fair. Um, the only reason why it was that I would give it to Taylor Jenkins over Monty Williams is due to the fact that I think Memphis made surprised the people the most and made the biggest jump and the fact that you go 21 and three without your best player kind of get that just shows how good of a coach you are but again if monty williams won it it's not like if you win 64 games like come on you won 64 games so i completely get it if he did win it but i would give it personally to taylor jenkins yeah taylor jenkins like after monty for me it would be taylor jenkins uh nick nurse Probably Ime Adoka for how they came together. Jason Kidd would be in that conversation too. Jason Kidd possibly too. So yeah, I got a few that would. Spo because he did deal with Bam injured, Jimmy injured, Tyler Hero injured. Obviously Victor Oladipo missed a lot of the season. They still managed the one seed. So he deserves in that conversation, but I wouldn't have him in that top three. This one's going to be tough for me. Give me your sixth man. Tyler Hero. I don't know why that's tough for you. Because I was trying to think, it seems like a lot of these guys, like, like I, initially I would have picked Jordan Poole, but he started so much. You know yeah, what no, I mean? No, see, He's, Jordan Poole was my preseason one because I thought he would come off the bench more. But I, Tyler Hero, I think, just has it because I think people started too much. I think Tyler Hero is just the sixth man of the year. He didn't start too much with no. the Heat because they had other guys out. No, so, no, because he started off in the beginning of the year starting a little bit, but he plays better off of the bench right now. It's kind of like Manu. And like they, like- they literally they moved him off the bench because, and then they have Duncan Robinson. So what they would do is they'd either put Gabe Vincent starting in, or they would put Caleb Martin in, or somebody else. But they usually have Tyler Hero come off the bench because of the fact that he just works better off the bench right now in his career. Give me your most improved. This this was the hardest award for me, other than MVP. Because you could give it to DeJounte Murray, Jordan Poole, uh, Tyler Hero could be in the conversation, but he'd be back towards the back half of it. Uh, there are other people that I'm forgetting, too, that could be oh, Miles Bridges, but mine is John Morant. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you could give it to John Morant, too, the way yeah, he... I was say, yeah, I was going to say, I was leaving him out because he is my choice. But, like, there, the, all those people that I named could get this award, and it'd be very deserving for all of them. I think I would lean towards Jordan Poole. Most improved is kind of tricky because I feel like they give it to someone like Poole a lot where they the minutes... Mu- yeah, the minutes changed a bunch. The minutes increase, and it's like, oh, they improved, but... Like in Jaws' case, where the minutes are the same and his statistics improve, I think that should happen more often. I feel like they often give it to, you know, the guy who gets an increase in minutes mm. compared to the star who makes the leap. It's kind of like where Steph almost won in, uh, most improved from his 15 MVP to a 16 MVP because he literally went up four. Like six, he went, yeah, like he was went from 23.8 to 30.1. I'm looking at it right now. But, like, he legitimately just went up. And, obviously, he went from being a top five player in the league to, for that season, for sure, until the finals, the best player in the league, like, unquestioned. Right, and then you got players like, like you mentioned Siakam earlier, like, his stats are pretty similar to last year, but... He plays Or Carl Anthony Towns, the same thing. Like, Carl Anthony Towns' stats are on the same line, but we had saw just, like, a different Carl Anthony Towns this year. You could throw Anthony Edwards into most improved as yeah. well. His lead from year one to year two. Yeah, Anthony Edwards definitely. That the Timberwolves team is going to be tough for some years to come, especially if Anthony Edwards keeps pro- progressing as he is. They're also well coached. They had, uh, you know, Kitty Cat Towns try to foul out. He did foul out. I mean, they tried to foul him out in the first half. It seemed like the way Jenkins was playing him. Yeah. That girl, see that girl tried to glue herself to the floor. That was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> yes, I did. That was my favorite part of the game, aside from. You know the wolves acting like they fucking want a ring, want a fucking. <laughs> that was so. That together. was hilarious to me. That Jesus. was hilarious. Pat Bev cried and everything. Yeah, no, but that was hilarious. Congrats to them. I mean that that alone should have like I should have picked a sweep off that for Memphis. Honestly, you can change it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to change it? Feel free. But. Yeah, I think I would lean towards Jordan Poole, and I think that's who they're going to give it to. I hope, I you know, I I hope they give it to Ja. I hope Ja gets a lot of votes for that because I want to see more of that. The star who's improved to take the leap because that to me is the definition of most improved. Yeah. Did you improve the game? Because yeah, every you hear a lot of NBA guys say this. You give such and such who's off the bench a more increased role, and they can put up numbers. And that's why, not to get off on a tangent, but that's why I like coaches like. Spo or Brad Stevens or Brad Doka, Stevens. Taylor Jenkins the same way. Uh, yeah. Even Monty or, does uh, it to an extent. That's Nick right. Nurse. You know, the guys who give, the guys who will see, like, let's take Struess, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this happened. I don't know. You know better than me, but I think Hero was out for a time. And, yeah. you know, what you do is you put a guy who can shoot, who maybe not be as talented as Tyler Hero or have the game as Tyler Hero, but you give him the same opportunity. You're going to get some results out of that. It's not going to sure. be the same. Because yeah, you're not going to get 10 point or 11 points this year. Right? Like, you're not going to get, like, Hero. He could go off for 35, right? You 35 for Hero is an amazing night, right? Struce, you might get 25, but you're still going to get those five threes that Hero might give you. Might What you're not going to get is him getting to the line, all that. You're getting, you know, some coaches. You got like 85% coaches. of Jordan, of Steph Curry out of Jordan Poole. Like, obviously, it's not the same. Like, stats, statistics I'll say, wise, I'll he's say even 85% of Clay. I'd say eighty five percent of Clay out of Jordan Poole. Well, I was just saying when Steph left because of the way he got it, but but you know eighty five percent of Steph, uh, Clay Thompson out of Jordan Poole, the way he was playing when Steph was there, yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, compare that to some other coaches, and you see this at every level where they'll like 
they'll lose a player, or maybe they don't have as talented as a team as they did in the past, and they'll just kind of say, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? That's what I have. Like, And, you know, Popovich, obviously, he's the greatest at this, taking what he has and making the best of it, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's what a coach should do. But, yeah, you see it. You certainly obviously see it at, like, high school levels and, you know, younger amateur levels where coaches do get lazy and they'll be like, oh, you know, I don't have a talented team. Why put effort into it? But yeah. you definitely do see that in the NBA where, you know, you have talent there. And it's just not being used, maybe not necessarily correctly, but proportionately or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, for sure. there's a way to get there's a way to get talent out of what you have, you know, or mm-hmm. production, I should say. Uh so, sorry, what did I leave you off with? Most improved? Yeah, so there's Let's a start. defensive player of the year. Yeah, who you got for defensive player of the year? Mikael Bridges. Yeah, I feel like you could give it to him, smart, or you could even give it to Gobert again, right? Uh, I could, you could give it to Giannis. <laughs> and Giannis, too. And Giannis, too, because Giannis is Giannis. But I'm not mad at any pick. It seems like smart's going to win it. I kind of... You think smart's going to win it? That's what it seems like. Like I, for me, it what? seems like a bridges. But I mean, smart. I mean, I just don't think smart's a bad option. Obviously, I'm just saying. I didn't know that yeah. that was kind of the consensus. Like the consensus right now is that Jokic is going to win the MVP. I just didn't know that the consensus kind of was that smart was going to win it. It seems that way this past week, which is annoying. I feel like a lot of like if you're watching the games, a lot of these or not a lot, but some of these media members have votes and they kind of like openly talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, and it seems to give momentum one way. Like, we shouldn't really know that Jokic is going to win it, but it seems like we all know that. And yeah. it really was a close race between him and Bede and Giannis, for sure. And Luca, to be honest with you. And Luca. Luca definitely made a late Luca's ride. name in that enough, in my opinion. And then Devin Booker and Jason Tatum should and be Devin enough. Booker. Yeah, Devin Booker, And I think sure. I think they're all in the conversation if you want to, like, have a conversation. I'd include Luca in this. Like Luca's numbers are great. Yeah, you can have a conversation about it, but I think Giannis and Bede, Jokic, those three, I think they're still on another level. But it, at the same time, you can't. I would like, add Luca into that. Twenty nine, especially the second half. Twenty eight points, nine rebounds, nine assists. The stats are there in the second half. There, the first half is where I would differ. But he still had the numbers. He still had the numbers, but. You know, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid this whole year. Embiid was a little slow off the start. He was kind of close to Luka, like, stowed off the start. And then he got he turned, he turned it up, like, maybe by December, which was kind of the weird. Like, Giannis and Jokic, like, have been from start to finish. Embiid, it took him a second, and Luka took him a little bit longer. But I think where I, I would add Luka into that group of four. But I think it's those four, personally. That's just me. And, uh, you know, Booker, if this is any other year, like, you know, a lot like that 2015 year where the Warriors were far away the best team, but Steph's stats weren't spectacular. Mm-hmm. That's kind of Booker. He's the best player on the best team. 27, kind of 5, yeah. and 5 on a 64-win team. Like, that. No, like without the if NBA the other- being so sta- like stacked right now, that normally gets you the NBA. Like, Derrick Rose was the same way. Like, a 62-win yeah. team where his stats were pretty good, but they weren't amazing. And he got that MVP because of the fact that he was the best player on the best team. I mean, I would say, say Derrick Rose's stats were elite. They just weren't, like... Like you said, not crazy like what Embiid. Yeah, like Giannis. I was gonna say he averaged like twenty four, four and seven. 
Derrick Rose was something along those lines. Uh, I can look right now. It was I sorry twenty five four in seven point seven. So like very good stats. Like I'm not trying to make it sound like he had a bad season, but like they weren't out of this world. Like oh my god, jaw dropping. Like this has to be your MVP. But he also but he was on the best team of the year. So you're like okay, he definitely deserves it. I can't wait. I can't wait for this weekend. Uh, playing looks like it's starting about right now. So uh, you might have to break for that. Um, I got more. The, the only thing I have to ask you is because we're doing all the awards. Your MVP yeah. is who? That's tough. Obviously, like I said, to go back defensive player of the year. I'm going to give it to Smart. Just not him being my guy. I feel like I pick him for defensive player of the year every year. But this year I did. I think this year I chose Draymond Green. And then the year I don't pick on Marcus Smart's actually positioned to win it. I chose uh, Drew Holiday. And I really think uh, I think Smart could have and should have possibly won it in 2020. And then the bubble, the bubble happened. You know, we all know what happened. Yeah. But I think he was Gobert, obviously very deserving. But I think Smart was right there. Smart was that was an incredible defensive year for Smart for me to go back to 2020. I think and, uh, we need compare. to stop giving it to Biggs as much. That's a personal feel. I just feel. I agree. I feel like I agree. I feel, I feel like, like people kind of default. E- like I feel like Rudy Gobert is your default every year because he's going to protect the rim. He's going to naturally get some steals, and then he gets twelve rebounds a game from being seven one. Like, and he's definitely he, deserving. Like he definitely he, like he, has he, a huge impact on a game, and you can oh, see that. Well, yeah, because people don't impact. like to go. People don't like to go to the basket because they know it could be blocked, but. And this is to give credit to your guy. I actually did my all NBA defense first and second team, and I think Rob Williams had a better year than Gobert. Yeah, you can definitely make that uh that argument. Rob Williams is a is a force. I don't think he has the all around impact, maybe. He, he as, was I mean, starting shit, we'll to. See. We'll see. We'll see, especially in this first round without him. We'll see, especially in the He averaged round more him. steals. He averaged more blocks. Um, he averaged a few less rebounds, obviously, but he did it in three less minutes. So if you go with their per 36, Rob William, to me, I'm just going to quickly run over this because we're talking about it. My first team all defense, I have Marcus Smart, Mikel Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., Giannis, and Rudy Go. Or no, not Rudy Gobert, and Rob Williams. I personally have Rudy Gobert on the second team. I know that's an unpopular opinion because it's Rudy Gobert, but that's me. I think Robert Williams had a better defensive season than Rudy Gobert, personally. Back to the MVP. Yeah. Um, I'll just cut to the chase. I'm going to lean Jokic, right? I would mm-hmm. give him the nod. He had a better season than his previous MVP season. He was down his two best players and uh, and was in the same ballpark as far as record-wise as Embiid. And Gian- how many games is he behind Giannis? Uh, Giannis went 51 and 31, and the Nuggets went 48 and 34. Yeah, so he's three games behind Giannis. Um, <laughs> listen, had Giannis, had Giannis played that last game of the week last Sunday and went off, and like they actually tried for that two seed, seems like they kind of ducked Brooklyn, I might have even leaned towards Giannis. I probably would have because his stats are fucking ridiculous as we've already been through. Mm-hmm. Like his stats are better than last year. And, uh, you know, Jokic was phenomenal all year. Really, if 
if there was a way to split it three ways, it's that deserving. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't really know how you split hairs. And B kind of fell off. He tailed off to the end or a little bit when Harden got there. And then he started picking back up to these 40 and 15s again. Like, he's at the end there, he just went, fuck it, and just went on a tear. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, you can't go wrong with any three. I would give, if you absolutely forced me to give a vote, I would give it to Jokic. But... Giannis is right there for me. You know, I would say probably two or three weeks ago, my one and two or one A and one B in some order would have been Jokic and B, the two centers. But Giannis really did charge his way in there for me at the end. And uh, who knows? I, not that my opinion matters as far as like who actually gets the vote. Mm-hmm. But had Giannis played that last game, it would have made some sort of difference for me. Would have um, been some sort of difference for me, but I give it to Jokic. Who do you have? Because you already said you do not have Jokic. Giannis, I have as my MVP. I have Embiid second, Jokic third. Interesting. Why do you have Jokic third? Um, I just I think that Embiid scoring over thirty points under thirty four minutes really I don't think it's actually ever been done other than by Steph who did it last year because he averaged 32 and like 34 I think but Embiid scoring over 30 as a big I think he just his control over the game it's like it's picking hair it's picking that too because obviously Jokic was not 27 14 and 8 on 58 percent shooting like Come on, like that—that's an MVP. I'm not saying he's not deserving of the MVP. I personally, I guess, just watching the games, because it, it comes that to me, it comes more down to like what I was seeing because you could pick nits and all of these guys' stats because of how amazing they were. I just felt, I felt a level of dominance from Giannis and Embiid just a hair, hair, hair more than Jokic. On like the totality of the game, I guess for me. But I mean, again, if you got Jokic, it's not a bad take. It's not a bad opinion. It is a hundred percent understood, and he's probably gonna win it again. And he's gonna join an elite group of now it'll be twelve people who have got two MVPs. Can't stress. Oh, no, sorry, not two MVPs, back to back MVPs rather. I can't stress enough for me what really pushes Jokic over the top if I had to for these three yep. is that he's down his two best players like his his core that he's supposed to have wiped them out for basically the whole year he yep. might have had Porter Jr. for what 10 games 15 games I don't know yep. right wiped him out he wasn't good even when he was playing yeah, like he, he was, wasn't doing he wasn't. was not playing to the production that you want and he still came out and gave you a better season uh gave you 58 percent from the field mm-hmm. okay so he's a he's a bucket. Like he's scoring as easy as possible, really. Like fifty eight percent, that's that's gotta be I'm sure that's up there with like Wilt numbers. Like LeBron, I think his highest is what, fifty six percent maybe? I think LeBron's fifty eight. Let me look. I think it was fifty seven, fifty eight. I could be wrong though. For it was fifty six point seven and that was so pretty much fifty seven percent in twenty thirteen. Problems fake. For, so for him to be, you know, that level of playmaking, his defense has improved. Uh, offense, he's, as we said, a force. He's giving you 14 boards on top of that. Down his two best players and still give you 48 wins. It's hard for me to hard for me to take that award away from you. 
Oh no, it's hundred percent, and I, I I agree with it, and I I mean I don't fully agree with it, but I understand it completely, and I don't have like any refute to it. Like, like he shouldn't get it; he's not good, or blah blah blah. It's basically just for me because the stats wise, you can choose so much. Like Giannis in under thirty two, under thirty three minutes, put up thirty twelve and six. And was the best defensive, arguably one of the best defensive players, including being one of the best offensive players, which adds to it too because he's doing it on both ends. And again, too, when it comes down to it, when you look around, it's like it's a feeling too. Like, who do you fear the most? Like, I don't know. Like, it comes down to little things like that for me when it's so close statatistically, and Giannis would just win that. And obviously, and yeah, also, I mean, I don't know. And also, don't if Kevin that. Durant was able to get his team to win a little bit more, he would easily be in this conversation because he almost averaged thirty-eight and seven, or a thirty-eight and six. That's true, and uh, I get the fear factor when it comes to the playoffs. I guess I don't really factor that into MVP because it's more over the course of eighty-two games. Yeah, I know. But, I guess I mean, like in big moments and like big plays and things like that. I guess that just matter. Like a little bit of moments kind of matter to me too. So I guess it's I hard. Ju- to, I just it's hard to pick those. It's hard to pick those in an eighty-two game season. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. especially in a three-way battle. If it was more of a two-way battle, it's tough to say. But or in a two-way battle, you can kind of pick those moments out a little more. I think when it's a three-way battle and the stats are so similar, it yeah, no, I it get really you. does come. I get you. It really does come down to like resume more, and that's why I don't know. B kind of like I said, he fell off for me just because of how how. Giannis is trying to take charge. And done and by fell off, I mean like if you're on the top step, you go down a half step. You know what I mean? You mean like, went down the half an inch, but that half literally. An inch, but again, like at in like the NFL, every inch matters. So like in the MVP race, it was so close that every inch mattered of it. I really expected it to just be Jokic and a beat. Like I really expected uh, that to be the race. Because that's what it was even a month ago, it seemed like. And then Giannis really just Fought his way back in, you know, and not even really. I think people were just kind of, you see this happen. People get fatigue on who to vote for. And meanwhile, you like really couldn't deny Giannis. You're like, shit, he's having a better year than his MVP seasons. He's still elite defensively. The Bucks are still right there in the top three. Um, Le- honestly, we so, got yeah. LeBron fatigue, Jordan fatigue. And, like, they're, they're just people you get fatigue of because they're you're just funny, you, so you said good. The, not to cut you off, but you said the thing about moments. You said the thing about moments and how I said that doesn't really come into play. I guess I'm kind of contradicting myself because it really did. Like, what pushed it over the edge for me, as I said previously, was Giannis not playing that last game. That would have made some difference. I do have to admit that. But in general, yeah, I gotta, I gotta give, I gotta give it to Jokic. And, and we had bird fatigue. Bird fatigue, Larry Bird. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at. I mean, he got a three straight. No, but no, but I'm saying, but after that, the years he won MVP, I believe were 84, 85, 85, 86, 86, 87, are the three years that he won MVP. In 87, I think he got an 84, 85, 86 was the three years. Yeah, like so the 84, 85 season, the 85, 86, the 86, 87. So that'd be 84, 85, 86 at the start. Anyway, like my point is in 87-88 when he did not win the MVP, he averaged 30 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. 
Like he, I'm not saying that the the person that you didn't deserve it, but it was also one of those ones where you're like, he just keeps getting, like he's just so good, he just keeps getting it. So it's like, you well, know 87, what? 87 Magic won it. 87 Magic won it. Bird's last year of MVP was 86. So he it got was, 84. Oh, so then okay, so then 86, he averaged 28, nine and eight, and we were yeah. like, you know what, Magic. Is- that was an all-time great Lakers team. Oh no, that was that Lakers team. So I think that's what no, knocked, I was gonna say that Lakers team. I mean, and Magic averaged 24, 12, and six. It wasn't like he didn't deserve it. <laughs> Magic was on another level that year. The most points he's ever averaged in a season, coupled with like top five a level of assists that he's ever averaged in a season. Uh, we got to go to the playing game start, and I got one last question for you, though. Yeah, what's up? Did you hear the Jack Harlow Drake leak? Did you happen to hear that? No, I did not. You might want to give that a listen. Uh, he's sending shots at Pusha T, Kanye, and your boy Kendrick in that verse. Drake? So, yeah. Please yeah, wake yeah. up, Kendrick. I'm looking to depimp a butterfly the vinyl on the wall right now. Kendrick, please come out of... I need so next it. Time I got, next time I got some music to talk about, maybe a little NFL, but I definitely want to talk music next time, too. Maybe... Uh, yeah, maybe we'll have Andy, a bigger maybe, pod. Maybe we have Andy. One. Maybe not. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. Keenan, great talking to you. I'm gonna go watch these games. Have a good, safe Friday night. I will talk to you next week. All right. Yeah. Have a good one. Peace.